Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Brain-Based Podcast, where we have quick conversations with industry leaders about how technology is impacting the future of brands, partnerships, licensing, and IP. I'm Greg Holtzman, Brain-Based's Director of Partnership Marketing and Communications, and I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Tracy Whitehead. Tracy has led a diversified career in sports and entertainment with nearly 20 years of experience in marketing strategy, branding, athlete relations, and representation. After earning her degree from the University of Michigan, Go Blue, Tracy joined Chicago-based Halo Sports and Entertainment. Future roles after Halo included working at the Atlanta Hawks and Atlanta Thrashers as a team marketing executive, working at Williamson Connolly in Washington, D.C. as a sports marketing specialist, and helping launch Tandem Sports and Entertainment, a full-service sports and entertainment agency. In her current role as Vice President, Consumer Products and Strategy for the NFL Players Association, Tracy oversees strategic direction for more than 100 sponsors, licensees, and new businesses seeking to utilize NFL players in their marketing and digital campaigns. A native of Denver, Colorado, Tracy has guest lectured on sports marketing at Georgetown University, George Washington University, and American University. She served for six years as the executive board president of Suited for Change, a local DC nonprofit providing professional clothing and ongoing career education to women in need, and is also a member of Women in Sports and Entertainment. Tracy, you are quite the powerhouse, and I'm so excited <laughs> to speak with you today, learn more about your career and your philanthropy, and work with the NFLPA on the Brain-Based Podcast. Welcome. Hi, Greg. Thank you so much. Two things. First, go blue. And second, <laughs> you made me sound like a rock star. So thank you. you. Are. I'm like, wow, I, I did do all that stuff. Like in my head, I'm still like 23 and just getting started. <laughs> you know what? I, I only speak the truth. And sometimes it takes someone telling you what you've done for, you know, to like fully <laughs> resonate and be like, wow, I actually have done all of that. Like, Look at where I am today. Or, or wow, I'm old. That's what went <laughs> no, through my head. <laughs> I don't see that at all. But I think, listen, you are such a powerhouse and you have had such an amazing career. And I think so many kids, you know, they grow up wanting to work in sports. You ask the average 10-year-old, definitely 10-year-old boy, hopefully more girls as well, as, you know, I know probably part of what you're working on is helping to get more young girls and women into sports. But I'd say a lot of people want to work in sports when they're growing up and they say, oh, I want to work for the NFL, the NBA. And it's a lot easier said than done. I think I especially know since I was one of those kids is, you know, my dad um, worked for the NFL for 14 years and I still, you know, haven't worked for a league or a team or anything. It's not easy. But the NFLPA, you know, it is an entirely separate entity than the NFL. And I feel many people outside of the sports industry have limited awareness of the PAs. So I'd love if you could yeah. kind of first dive into your elevator pitch for the PA and maybe dive into how it differs from the NFL and, and really how you work with them, especially from a consumer products perspective. Yeah, it's a great question. And interestingly, you're right. A lot of people get us confused. So the NFL Players Association, we are the uh, union for all active NFL players. So that's about 2000 plus athletes out on the field. And there's kind of two sides to the NFLPA, which most people don't know, even though we're all under one umbrella. 
there's the nonprofit side, which is the union. And that is, you know, the team that works on working conditions, health and safety, you know, all of the programs in place just to help our players not only, you know, transition into football, but look at football also as a business and get, as you know, our player directors say, more out of football than football gets out of them. So that's the nonprofit side. And then I work on the for-profit side in NFL Players Inc., which is the licensing and marketing arm of the NFLPA. So we leverage the rights of all active 2000 plus NFL players into licensing and marketing partnerships that generate revenue through royalties and um, other strategic alliances that go back to essentially fund the union and also uh, generate some revenue for our players. So where we are different from the NFL is that we are the players, we work for the players, we are representing all of the players and the NFL is representing teams, the league and owners. So as it relates to licensing, we license the player IP, name, image, likeness, number, autographs, et cetera, while the league is licensing team marks, team colors, the shield, everything relative to the league. So when you look at a jersey, I like to say jersey wouldn't exist if you didn't have the NFLPA license to add that player name and number on the front and the back. No, that's definitely a great explanation. And especially when trying to learn how, at least from a licensing consumer products, you know, strategic perspective, where you get your licensing revenue, where the NFL gets their licensing revenue. I think it's pretty important to, to differentiate that. But, you know, now, you know, you have what many consider a dream job. So what have been some key partnerships, whether it has been with the PA or the Atlanta Thrashers or the Hawks, you know, some key partnerships and even key philosophies that I'd say have gotten you to where you are now. Yeah. That'd be great um, for you to touch on. I'll start with the philosophies because I think that's probably easier off the top of my head. <laughs> but there are really two driving philosophies that I take I have taken throughout my career and everywhere that I go. And I try to impart them on staff as well. But the first is that every day is an interview. Your reputation is everything not only just generally, but in the sports industry, because it is kind of one of those industries that you end up running into people along the way in Mm -hmm. other capacities. And you want your reputation to be such that when your name comes up, only good things are said. And that's something I really pride myself on is trying to make sure that when somebody says, oh, I've heard about you, that it's with a positive inflection versus, right, then (laughs) Oh yeah, I've heard about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's kind of one of the first philosophies that I think really have, you know, helped me in my networking, helped me in building relationships and also just, you know, building really great partnerships and, and working well together with, you know, the various companies that and brands that, you know, I work with now. And then the other is actually something that uh, was inspired by shaking a hand that went to space. Leland Melvin is a former NFL player and also an astronaut. And I had the good fortune of meeting him. Obviously, he's part of the NFL PA family as a former player. But something that occurred to me, one, that I I don't get starstruck easily working in this industry, but shaking a hand that went to space means something a little bit, you know, different. Pretty cool. 
It's pretty cool. And, you know, one of the things that I realized with NASA is this is a team of people who believe in turning any no into a yes. They have seen the impossible become possible through teamwork, through strategic problem solving and creativity. And so it kind of just, you know, that's the spirit that I take with me everywhere I go is there's always a way to turn a no into a yes. Even if it's not the full answer that you want or the full outcome that you want, you can always get a little bit farther and, you know, get another yard, you know, with each gain. So uh, those are just a couple of philosophies. But now the, the partnership, one of the defining partnerships, I'd say, or one of the cool partnerships mm-hmm. I had um, the pleasure of working on was when I was on the athlete representation side, working at Williams and Connolly, which then became the sports division broke off and became tandem. And I had a great, great opportunity to travel to Asia eight years in a row with two wow. of our players. One of them was Shane Battier, who's former NBA forward and Duke alum. And we did a deal. I had a hand in negotiating a landmark shoe and apparel deal for him with a Chinese footwear and apparel company, Pink Sports, at the time. This was, you know, I don't even remember, 2007, maybe, 2008. And, you know, it was a huge deal for somebody like Shane, who was a forward. You know, he was a star, but certainly not, you know, on the the level of a LeBron or, you know, Kobe. And, you know, we did this deal that afforded him a multi-year global endorsement and licensing deal. Um, he had a signature line of performance shoes and, you know, lifestyle apparel. It led to the brand opening two stores in the U.S. and doing sponsorships with the Miami Heat and other NBA teams. And it, it was just a huge opportunity, not, on, not only for him to build his brand globally, but to be a part of that every step of the way and helping, you know, develop that brand, develop the product right? and, you know, the promotion behind it. So I'd say that was probably if I had to point to one as a, the deals that kind of propelled my thinking mm-hmm. to an international and global level, it was that deal. <laughs> is, is it a different feeling or a different personal victory for you when you get that kind of deal for a player or just a player that's more up and coming or wasn't a perennial all-star and you get them a deal that will really help them bolster their career more or get more long-term earnings for them and their family, as opposed to getting a hall of famer who already had a hundred million dollar contract and getting them an exciting deal. Is it a different feeling when you get it more for the underdog, so to say? To be honest, yes. I'd say the key differences, and this is what I, you know, being on the agency side and representing players in our recruiting, we would always say, you know, anyone can answer the phone, any agent out there, any marketing agent out there can answer the phone and negotiate a really good deal when the phone is ringing. But Mm -hmm. it takes a lot more work, a lot more creativity, a lot more hustle to place those phone calls and get the deal done. And I think that was, you know, one of the special things was advocating for a guy like Shane and advocating for, you know, the many other players we had on our roster that, you know, really didn't always have the opportunities available to them and finding those things that helped them kind of build their brands and build a platform for, you know, after their playing days. It's hard. I'd say it's a little more satisfactory because, you know, it's like, yes, it just takes a little more, 
you know, hustle and a little more um, effort sometimes to get those types of deals versus for the higher profile guys where you still are doing your job still, you know, requires a, a certain amount of hustle and negotiation mm-hmm. and thought, but you know, you're going to get a deal done, you know? Right. Yeah. And I loved when you were talking earlier about the importance of kind of turning a no into a yes and the importance of persistence and determination. Are there any no's you've gotten in your career or in your life that you can kind of recollect off the top of your head where you were really able to turn that around either for yourself or for a client and kind of just turn no into lemonade, so to say? I'll go with myself because I think there was another kind of defining moment in my career And it was with a rejection letter from Michigan Business School. Mm. (laughs) Now, the funny part about this is that at the time, I thought I wanted to do international business. I wanted to learn multiple languages and travel the world. I had this whole plan that I was going to be this globetrotter. But I took Italian after taking Spanish. And I I was confused between the two (laughs) languages. Like, I had to take accounting twice. I had to take economics twice. I was like, okay, this is not for me. Right. And so when I applied to the business school, it was with like, not even really with the effort. I I didn't put the effort in. I did the application maybe two hours before it was due at 1159 PM on a Wednesday. (laughs) And I just remember at the time I had to like run my, you know, application over to the business school and drop it in the Dropbox. And I was like, I don't want to do this, but I felt like if I got in, I had to, right? right? So the no that I got was, no, you're not, we don't want you. <laughs> Thank God you don't want me because <laughs> I don't think I really wanted to do this anyway. My heart really wasn't in it. And they always say your gut feelings are your mm-hmm. guardian angels. And I think now, granted, I didn't put full effort in, but I kind of knew it wasn't where, where I was, you know, supposed to be and, and what I see is kind of my path. So I very quickly changed course and took 18 credits, a couple semesters to switch, you know, my major to sports marketing and uh, communications and got a couple of internships, you know, University of Denver Athletic Department. I worked for the University of Michigan uh, women's soccer team as a manager and in their athletic department and just did my best to kind of network and find my place in the industry. So I'd probably point to that as one of the biggest no's I've I've gotten that actually turned out to be a really great blessing in disguise, which led me uh, down this career path. Right. And and something as simple as choosing a school or a major program could be a difference in how your career progresses. So that's certainly a no that you've turned into a big, big yes for your overall career. So I'd love to touch on how you give back by teaching college students about sports marketing. We've touched on how you are passionate about elevating women in sports and entertainment and in the local DC community. Has it always been important to you to give back to others throughout your career? Or was there a point where you became senior enough and you you felt, okay, I'm senior enough, I could really make a difference now? Or has it always been instilled in you? It has always been instilled in me. I think that, especially as I think through my career, there are very key people and individuals that I remember throughout that if not for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
And it was kind of taking lessons from each of these individuals and figuring out what, how I wanted to emulate them when I got to their level. I've been fortunate to have some really great supervisors and really great mentors throughout my career. So one of the things that's very interesting, I have had two female mentors and several male mentors. And I think it was just kind of the nature of the business when I you know, worked on the team side, when I worked on the agency side, looking around, there weren't very many females in leadership or in executive mm-hmm. positions. It was kind of my goal. I'm like, you know, this is crazy. Now I've, again, have been fortunate to have some really great male mentors that are still mentors to this day, but it also just kind of raised for me that there needs to be more done. Now at the NFLPA, one of the things that uh, we have started a program, well, two programs, which one I can talk about later about lifting women entrepreneurs and, and people of color. But one of the things that we've started internally is a committee called HERD, H-E-R apostrophe B. And it is really based on the fact that 40, I believe it's 45% of staff at the NFLPA are women. It's, wow. it's the first place that I've worked where it is almost equal male and female. And there are some amazing amazing female executives and leaders. And part of the program is ensuring that we're developing our junior staff and making sure that they have the access and resources and sounding boards, you know, internally at the organization. But some of the things that I do as well, I I probably shouldn't say this because my LinkedIn is going to get flooded, (laughs) but I, every, I'm not in LinkedIn, the, you know, emails that much, but when I see anyone reach out um, saying, hey, I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to learn more. I, I can't help myself. I do it. I find the 20 minutes or the right. 30 minutes on my schedule because it's so important. Had I not had those people in my life mm-hmm. take the time for me, I don't know that I would have made it as far as I have. And it's really important to me to pay it forward for the next. Right. So those are some of the things that, that I really enjoy and that I try to do and, and always find the time for because it's, it's important. Right. That's amazing. Well, if your inbox does get flooded, maybe you could just yeah. hold like, like office hours where people, right. people could just hop into a Zoom and like ask you questions and it could be like a little powwow. That's actually a great idea. Yeah, right, I need to hire you. There we go. <laughs> yes, I'll be your I'll be your personal agent and branding expert. But you can call it Tracy's office hours, you know, one hour every week, and people could just hop into a Zoom link and I ask you whatever that. they want to ask you, wherever wherever they're coming from, all over the world. That's a really great idea. There you I go. love that. I I might steal that, but I'll give you credit. Go for it. You, you could have me as the guest on your first. Maybe you could I, even have like guest speakers or something. I don't know. We have a whole business plan. We're going to write together. There we go. (laughs) Um, Now, I'd love to touch on some of the deals you're working on right now. I feel like it's almost possible to not touch on NFTs and digital tokens when talking about what's trending now in sports and licensing. You know, I was wondering if you could dive into the NFLPA's recent foray into officially licensed player NFTs with Dapper Labs and Upland, because I think it must be so exciting to be at the forefront of this completely new license category, um, especially for for player rights. Yeah, it is, I have to say, so 
maybe like five or 10 years from now, when you and I speak again, and you ask me like about partnerships that I feel have propelled my career, I'm going to look one, back yeah. to, <laughs> to, to these. It is incredible. I, you know, I've been fortunate again to have a 20 plus year career in sports. I can say, I remember when Facebook went from being like a private net, mm-hmm. social network to public and then Twitter launched and Instagram and so on, and how those things really shaped and changed marketing and also kind of gave athletes, obviously, the power to hold their own press conferences and tell their own news. So NFT certainly is one of those pivotal things that I think have truly changed and will continue to change the licensing industry and industry as a whole. So we did announce deals with Dapper Labs, which is a collaboration with the NFL, Dapper Labs, and the NFLPA to produce uh, video highlights, digital video highlights. So essentially the same version of NBA Top Shot, but with NFL players and NFL highlights. Right. And then our deal with Upland is truly unique. And I'll be quite honest, I'm still learning to speak the metaverse language. (laughs) I'm conversational trying to be fluent, but yeah, it's a digital collectibles game. If you imagine putting in as I'm saying, I'm speaking conversationally in metaverse terms, but you are essentially creating your own avatar within this digital land that you can buy properties, sell properties. And we've done a deal with them to include NFL player digital collectibles. So imagine going to, you know, the stadium on a Sunday and there's a line queued up to buy a digital jersey from your favorite player, maybe do an autograph session, you know, virtually, things like that. I'm really excited about the potential. And I think, you know, one of the most unique things, obviously, with blockchain and NFTs is the ability to now capitalize on secondary sales. Mm -hmm. So this is truly pivotal for players because you imagine trading card sale, the physical form, player gets paid for, you know, his autograph, that card then travels uh, throughout his career and hopefully continues to increase in, in, in value and it's sold over and over and over, but the players still only receive the, the amount, sale. the first sale. Yep. So with blockchain and, and NFT and these digital collectibles really, I mean, it's an incredible opportunity for players to fully see the value of some of these products against their performance and, you know, their hopefully hall of fame careers seeing those products grow in value, but also having a piece of that every step of the way. So we're excited, new territory, a lot to learn, but you know, really looking forward to having those products launch. No, it's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens with, with NFTs in the digital collectible and digital token space. And I think something that will have a huge impact on it is the whole NIL legislation and the way that college players you know, they can now make money, you know, high school players, it, it's, it's crazy. So I was just wondering, you know, what is your take? You know, you're in DC at the, the heart of where all this legislation has been happening. And uh, a lot of the water cooler talk, you know, what is your take on the NIL legislation? And as it continues to, to shape the sports industry and licensing, um, curious how you think, you know, things will change and grow, especially as we go into 2022. Well, you said it. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. And it happens 
so fast. I don't think anyone was fully prepared. No. The now putting my former agent yeah. hat on, it, it makes you know that world. Everything that was happening already with representing players and some of the underhanded things that were happening to get those players in recruiting, it makes it crazy. Like you're now going to be recruiting players like in seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people were already doing that anyway. So I just think there's a lot to be still experienced and seen, but just from the straight business perspective of licensing and marketing, it's exciting. It's done the right way. And mm-hmm. we're really fortunate to have a partnership with one team partners to it's a venture partnership with yep. the MLBPA, NFLPA and Redbird Capital. And the whole answer to college NIL and doing it the right way truly is a group licensing program. So that is something that, you know, one team is really investing in is trying to not only utilize the resources of all of the PAs that they represent from WNBA Players Association, U.S. Women's National Team, MLS PA, us and the MLB PA, utilizing these hundreds of years collectively of NIL experience and trying to infuse some of that into the market to make sure that one students are educated and these uh, you know collegiate athletes are educated and understand how to kind of maintain your rights without giving too much away or signing right. away too much of your life. What things you should probably stay away from. We've seen some deals with alcohol and beer brands that mm-hmm. you know there are rules on the professional side as to what players can and can't do there. And on the collegiate side, some of these students finding themselves in hot water, potentially, if not advised properly. So there are just some things we're trying to put in place from an education perspective, but also from a group license perspective that really sets these players up um, to generate revenue Mm -hmm. and transition well, should they, you know, decide uh, to go pro. So that I really think that program group licensing is the answer. And if only done from the outset, we would have been, you know, seeing a lot more done really in the players favor than in some of these businesses favor, which we've seen. Right. Yeah. It will be super interesting. I'm curious, even I'm thinking about some of these bowl games, the college bowl games, you see so many empty seats and it's like, okay, now you could probably pay the players to promote the bowl games that help drive ticket sales. I think it's honestly a win-win for everyone and hopefully better for ESPN and all those TV networks trying to drive their audiences um, that way as well. So, Right. No, you're right. And it it is interesting too, to think, you know, now when I watch college games, basketball, football, whatever, I feel like I'm watching a professional game. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, it's just changed college sports a bit and thinking of, oh yeah, I know that quarterback and the deal he just inked. And I know that one was doing an appearance the other day and it's just a different ball game, but I'm ho- really hoping that we're able just again to infuse our experience and our knowledge to help make things a little less chaotic mm-hmm. for some of these athletes and really set them up to fully maximize, you know, the, the potential of NIL. Right. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. You have been an amazing yeah. guest. I've loved chatting with you. I'm excited to see what the rest of the year holds and, and next year as well for you and the NFLPA, especially with the whole 
NFT uh, digital token metaverse collabs. I know. <laughs> um, it's the wild, wild west. So for our audience, if they want to reach you, is the best way just LinkedIn? If they want to just get any career advice or perhaps they have an idea to collaborate with the NFLPA, um, is that the best way for them to reach you? I say call my agent, Greg Holtzman. <laughs> or call no, me, I'm kidding. You I know. Know. <laughs> I'll, I'll be no, fielding emails and calls yeah. for Tracy. <laughs> So yes, LinkedIn is the best way. I'm not like 24 hours in response okay. time on LinkedIn, but within the week. And I just ask for patience, but yes, I love connecting with people and any way that I can help people interested in getting into the sports industry, but also just meeting a new network of groups that maybe we, you know, can, can work together in some way. So yeah, I, I look forward to it and welcome it. Perfect. Well, Great chatting with you. I hope we can meet soon um, yes. in person. Yes. Be great. And if anybody who is listening hasn't heard of Brainbase, please reach out to me if you'd like to learn more, greg at brainbase.com, or just head to our website, brainbase.com, and hopefully catch all of you on the next episode. And thank you so much again, Tracy. Thanks, Greg. A lot okay. of fun. I appreciate it. Yes. Bye. Bye.